welcome to today's episode of The Winning Ticket. I'm your host, Bobby Kravitsky. Joining me today, you can find his work at Sports Memo, Wager Talk, and Gambling.com, 28-year professional sports handicapper, John Ryan. And also joining us today, Brendan Connolly, a co-host of mine on SportsMap Radio Network. He also works at the Boston Herald. Glad to have both of you on this show to share your insight into the world of college football and how you think some of this weekend's most compelling matchups will play out. Thanks for having me, Bobby. Welcome, Brendan. It's good to be back, guys. Thanks for having me on the program. And I'm sure we've got a lot of good matchups coming this weekend that we have to dissect. Well, Brendan, you nailed your Syracuse pick last weekend. We're going to talk about the Orange once again on this program. Unfortunately for me, an alum of the university, they couldn't get it done against Clemson, struggling in the second half mightily. But we'll talk about whether they bounce back or not and what it means from a betting perspective. Let's start on the West Coast, though, John. USC against Arizona in a game where what really jumps out is that total. Oh, it sure does, Bobby. I think this is the highest total of the college football season, at least in the Pac-12. And uh, it's 76 points. It opened at 77. And I, I commend those betters who are brave enough to bet the under to force it to go down a point. But I, I do think that as we get closer to game time, that uh, the over money is going to come in probably from the public and it'll be enough uh, to push it maybe up to 77 and a half. What I want to talk about, though, in this matchup is the total in the line. So we have USC favored by 15 points and a total right now of 76. That basically implies that USC is going to score 44 points and probably win roughly 44, 45 to 29 or 30. So the situation is I look at my predictive models and it says that there is an 82% probability that Southern Cal will score at least 35 or more points. So actually less than what the current market is telling us to expect with a team total for Southern Cal. So you might want to know that in situations where Southern Cal has scored 35, I'm sorry, 38 or more points since 2013, they're 44 and two straight up, 33 and 12 with one push for 73% winning bets. And the over is only 26 and 18. I mean, it's a little bit to the over, but not much. So my strategy here is I'm going to definitely take Southern Cal here to roll. I think that offense could score maybe 50 on its own merit without too much trouble. And after all, the market is telling us that they're going to score 44. Uh, So I don't think that's a reach at all. But then in-game live betting is where I really like taking advantage of these high totals. So if you like the under, look for this game to start out very, very quick. And if it does and you get a 14-7 first quarter uh, end result, that total is probably going to be in the low 80s. And then that gives you a chance to leverage the market to your favor. If you like the over, then maybe the, the teams come out and they play in the mud a little bit uh, by their standards. And it's, you know, say 10 to three at the end of the first, you're probably gonna get that total all the way down into the mid, mid to upper 60s, which will give you an opportunity. So what I always do is 50% pre-flop and then whichever side you like, identified levels that you're going to put in 25% more and then another level for 25% more to get your 100% bet in. And I think in a game like this, you'll come out more chance of a winner than if you bet it all pre-flop. So Brendan, looking at John's models and all the data that he just laid out, do you think the smart play for this USC Arizona game from a betting standpoint is to let the first half unfold or at least the first frame 
and then jump in based on how the action's playing out? I kind of agree with him in a lot of senses here. I, and I kind of think that is the play here. We don't really know what type of USC we're going to get on a weekly basis. Sometimes they come out and they smoke teams. Other times they come out and takes a feeling out process. And that's really going to be the, uh, the caveat here. What's going to happen in that first half? Um, if USC comes out, puts up a couple of quick scores here and really looks like they're going to cover, then I'd say go for a second half bet here. That's just my opinion. All right, and let's get to the ACC here. 16th-ranked Syracuse, 6-1 and one this season, coming off that tough loss in Death Valley against Clemson. They host Notre Dame, who's 4-3, and three, who came into the season. John and I were talking about this off-air, way overhyped, which is not a surprise when it comes to the <laughs> Irish and the, the love and the respect that they get from so many, including the pundits and the committees here who make these rankings. And so Notre Dame, they quickly faded. And it's interesting because you could argue their most impressive game was that loss in the opener against Ohio State where they held their own throughout the night but ultimately came up short in that one. At the same time, it's not a particularly impressive team. There are some decent wins on that resume, like the comeback against Cal. But overall, it hasn't looked great for the Irish. They haven't really put it together. And I do expect Syracuse to bounce back. I think it was confounding that Sean Tucker only got five touches in the loss to Clemson, especially when you look at how the second half played out. Not only couldn't they not only could they not score, but they struggled to extend drives before the last one of the game, which ended in an interception to clinch defeat. They their longest drive was five plays. So I don't know why they didn't make more of an effort to get the ball to Sean Tucker, who can also contribute in the passing game. He's the engine and the focal point of the offense. So I expect Dino Babers to rectify that this weekend. You can get Syracuse at minus two and a half as well. So a favorable figure at minus 110. And John, if Syracuse loses to Notre Dame, you're hosting the winning ticket from now on. Well, I, I would hate to see that happen because you're <laughs> the best host. Like, uh, on, I think know, our viewers would love it. But I, I, I agree with you, Bobby. I think Syracuse is going to take care of business. I know the, the, public and the general consensus is, oh, my goodness, Notre Dame's coming to Syracuse and uh, it's going to you know, humble them, uh, for lack of a better word. But let's not forget that that Notre Dame defense ranks dead last in all of college football in red zone scoring, allowing a score on every single possession that their opponents have had. That is horrid. And Syracuse, they rank 11th nationally in red zone scoring. So Let's keep an eye on that part of the game. But I do think uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see Syracuse win this by double digits and more. Brendan, I'm always scared to throw it over to you for a topic like this, because on Sports Map I refer to you as the arsonist. So I don't know what's coming my way right now. But what are your thoughts on this matchup between Syracuse and Notre Dame? Uh, I agree with you guys on a lot of talking points here. I think Syracuse covers here. This spread is way too close, in my opinion. Syracuse has competed with some of the best teams in the country all season long, and that's why they're ranked 16th right now overall. Um, and I think people are just high on Notre Dame because they're coming off a recent win over 16th-ranked BYU and a big win over UNLV last week. Um, I still think Syracuse comes out. They punch the Irish in the mouth. No pun intended here. The fighting Irish, of course. Um, and they cover that two and a half point spread. Um, and I think this game might go over too. I, the over under is way too uh, low in my opinion at 47 and a half. I think we could be looking at a Syracuse 31 Notre Dame 21 type of game here. Yeah, Brendan, I'm with you on that. I think you're spot on with the call 
And then let's throw it back to you here. An SEC matchup between a Tennessee team that has moved up to number three in the country, still riding high off the win against Alabama. What are your thoughts on this matchup as they now have to host a dangerous Wildcats team in Kentucky that's ranked 19th in the nation? Now, this spread has ballooned to 12 points here. And as much as I love Tennessee, this uh, story all season long has really fascinated me. Obviously, their big win over Alabama shocked the world. And it's a big reason why they took this massive leap to the third-ranked spot in the country. This game is where I think they could possibly get tripped up. Now, could they lose? I don't think so. 82% of the country thinks Tennessee is going to win this game. Actually, 83% if we're going by ESPN's matchup predictor here. Um, but I think uh, Kentucky keeps this game close. I think it's going to be a nail-biter um, throughout most of the game here. Um, the over-under is set at 61. I kind of think that's right in the ballpark of where we're going to see an end here. We could be looking at like a 35-31 game and could just come down to who has the ball last, in my opinion. I think uh, the, the, meal, the big thing here is Tennessee likes to get out and they like to run and gun. They like to throw the ball down the field. They like to have home run plays left and right, and they like to basically get – quick plays and it leads to uh, eventually more points. Kentucky likes to extend the game and just take the air out of the ball. They like to, uh, they like to run for the most part. I think uh, that'll keep them in this one. I think it's going to be lower scoring than we're expecting, but it will still go over in my opinion. Um, and I think Tennessee wins a nail biter. And John, when you've got one of the best quarterbacks in the country and Hendon hooker taking on a Kentucky team who their offense is designed to keep a weapon like that off the field. Brendan talked about it, ground and pound, run the rock and be able to just control the time of possession. How do you see this matchup and what's the right play from a betting standpoint? Well, the play is this, I think, is that you got to determine whether Kentucky has a defense that's going to keep Tennessee under 31 points. If they do, that will increase the odds that they're going to cover that big double-digit number. So, for example, uh, when Tennessee has scored 28 or more points this season, six and one against the number, 14 and five the last three, and over the last 10, 127 wins and 57 losses against the number, which is pretty darn good. So I think that's the million-dollar question here is whether Kentucky can contain them. One other thing I'll mention is to keep uh, Tennessee's offense to less than 10 yards per passing attempt would also be an advisable thing for Kentucky knowing that when Tennessee has gained that many per pass attempt, they're eight and two against the number over the last three seasons and 45 and 10 over the last 10 seasons. So that, that is the question. And I really don't have the answer to it, but I do like Brendan's take on taking the double digit points. Yeah. I think that's a great call right there. Appreciate the time and the insight from both of you that wraps up this edition of the winning ticket. But before we go, John, first, we'll start with you. The stage is yours to promote any work that you want to share and let everyone know where they can find you on social media. I appreciate that, Bobby, very much. Uh, first of all, you can go over to gambling.com. I have some free videos over there and written content in all sports, World Series uh, information and statistics and resources that you can use for your own handicapping are there. You don't have to always agree with me or disagree. Use it for your own purposes. And I also have some free premium bets over there as well. And speaking of premium bets, I do have a 5% max bet going tomorrow on college football. Those are akin to other people's games of the month, games of the year. I don't like hype as Bobby knows and Brendan knows. I just like, you know, performance is performance, right? If you have performance, you don't need hype. So uh, if that play would lose, and I am 31-11 and 11 over the last 18 months, 
in those 5% max plays across all sports, then you'll get Sunday's NFL card absolutely free. Absolutely. Take John up on that offer. Brendan, the spotlight is now yours to promote your work and your social media handles. Well, you can always follow my work at the Boston Herald, uh, WMEX Radio, WATD News. And you can also uh, follow me at Beacon 63 on social media. And, of course, you can listen to me weekly with Bobby Kravitsky, John Lyons, and the crew over at SportsMap Radio. There you have it, folks. And on Tuesday, I'll break down the weekend that was in the NFL and college football and share my takeaways from both. You can find that on Believe.com, the Winning Ticket YouTube page, or wherever you get your podcasts from. And please be sure to like, rate, and subscribe. It goes a long way. For John Ryan and Brendan Connolly, I'm Bobby Kravitsky. Thanks for tuning in to The Winning Ticket.